And now, it's time to begin your day. Welcome to Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com. Your morning tradition, Mike and Lisa Austin, right here where we are. Living our faith. Trying a little something different this morning. I'm loving it. We're adding to our technological prowess. <laughs> I now have three computers in front of me. <laughs> now, tech-savvy folks would go like, gosh, Mike, you don't need that many. Well, I kind of do until I can get it all consolidated here. But we have the main computer, and then we have... Uh, the music a, computer. Kind of an AUGS computer. And then we have the touchscreen computer, which eventually will house everything. If you see us at ordinations, hopefully it'll look really impressive. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I am hoping. Well, good morning and welcome to uh, the halfway point of your work week. Uh, praise be Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Now and forever. We were going to have John Venary on with us from Catholic Family News uh, later in the week, like on Friday, to talk about the Friday with the uh, the uh, release of um, what is that, Amoris uh, Laetitia? Yes. And they, you know, they've said this is going to be revolutionary and all of that. And so I thought, well, we'll have John Venary on with us on Friday. Well, John's got a little bit of a cold; he's fighting off, and we happen to be able to do it uh, today. So we're going to have John on with us this morning. Sure, we did bump it up a bit. Yeah, just do it, bumping it up. So I hope you weren't planning on Friday, and then because now, uh, so John's with us today. Uh, tomorrow, because normally today we would have Louis Tafari on with us. Well, Louis had some scheduling stuff, so now he is going to be on. What, swish, swips, whatever. Hello, <laughs> more, more Abby roast for Lisa, everybody. Uh, so, and then I keep looking at the wrong computer screen to see if we're where the little levels of the microphones are. I'm looking over here. I'm going, no, I'm over here. There we go. This gets this. This looks like Star Trek over here. Uh huh. It's kind of fun. Anyway, so uh, Lewis will be on with us tomorrow morning, and so when we talk with him, we'll be talking about his show later in the day, learning about the Roman liturgy. That's right. And it'll be all all exciting and, and happy and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. coming up later on this morning, also at the toward the end of the show, uh, after we talk with John and get the news on with uh, Stephen Cox and that, a little feature I like to call the Duh of the day. Hmm. You know, Lisa, in in the modern world out there, the world at large, away from your homeschool, away from your castle, as we talked with the kids, away out outside the gates, it's a nutty, zany world. I know. To the point where sometimes the glaringly obvious requires an entire collegiate university study done on it. Really? (laughs) To to inform us that indeed this is the this is what it is. When we already knew that. When folks like me and you would inside the castle here, we would look oh, at I'd each other. Say, and we go, duh. So, yes. So, this is the duh of the day. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like that. We should even have, ah. like, we should have like a whole theme. You're like, the duh of the day. Okay. You could have the kids do that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, that's coming up later on this morning. Uh, and your morning tradition moves on. You're more than welcome to stay with us. In fact, we hope you do. And tell your friends. Please do tell your friends. Absolutely. We're gaining new listeners every day uh-huh. and uh, visitors to the website, and we do thank you quite a bit. Yes. Take some time, peruse around. We make changes to the website uh, every now and then, so make sure you come back and 
mess around with the flippers up on top. The not the flippers. What's the thing on the top? The, the, the task little, bar. Yeah, the task bar. Thank you. Where it has like the blog and the home and yeah, the schedule. It, you radio. Can still, you can still listen to uh, your morning tradition of Magnificat Radio. Let the music play and do whatever. Just reduce that little radio player window, and you can just mess around the website all you want. Yeah. That's did you fun. want to explain what happened to the mass on Sunday? Because we have that up there too. Oh, well, that was, see, okay, the folks in Florida are trying a new system. Yeah. And it's a, these, when you think about putting a remote camera up someplace, and then just a few years ago, this would have not been even thought of. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Now we've got drones flying over everywhere. We're beaming this stuff. Just the average person can beam stuff over YouTube all across the world. This is what we're doing. And so the folks in Florida, uh, they had the pilgrimage going, and so it was going to be from another chapel Mass was from another chapel at another time, and you start throwing stuff into the the works, and it, it got gummed up a little bit. Yeah, so, so we're sorry. Technological problems beyond and our they're control. Sorry too. Yes, they were they were really upset, yeah. but uh, things will be back to normal this Sunday. Right, Good Shepherd Sunday. Yes, and uh, so join us, won't you? And you can find that time. I think it's still nine a.m. Because it was bumped to 11, now it's back to... We're talking about Central Time U.S. Correct. Uh, so 9 a.m. On the website, you go and you can you hit that live mass. Not the listen live button, that's us. We're talking about the, the live mass thing. Mm-hmm. And that'll take you to a page and you can actually video stream and see it as it happens. Yes. The live uh, holy sacrifice of the mass is very nice. Right now, though, Lisa, is when I usually ask the question. Uh, how what? How can you know where you're going? If you don't know where you've been. That's why we do this day in history. This day in history. Today happens to be the... What the heck day is it? The sixth day of April in the year of our Lord. At 2016, there are 269 days left. And it was on this date in 1199, King Richard I of England died... Oh. He died of an infection. You know how? How? He got shot with an arrow in the shoulder. Ooh. And back in those days, you bit down on a stick, and they pulled it out, and then you got infection. Didn't they, they give him leeches or something? I don't know what they did. I it, And see, I think they may have poured wine in it. I don't know what they did back then. Probably honey or something. Oh, but he no. still got infected. He died. It was eleven ninety nine after all. You need alcohol. Something. Well, go ahead. Oh, that's too bad. On this day in 1385, John, Master of the Order of Azid, is Aviz. Huh? Order of Aviz. Okay. Is made <laughs> king of John I of Portugal. Yeah, okay, Mike, whatever. Thank you. <laughs> They for were, correcting me again. Well, I'm just, I just, they were like the Knights <laughs> Templar. They were, they were a Benedictine uh, order of monks and knights. Yeah, well, thank you. I seriously mean that. Okay, there you go. Now, 1652 at the Cape of Good Hope, Dutch sailor, oh boy, Jan van Riebeek established a resupply camp that eventually became Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, on this day in 1808, John Jacob Astor incorporates the American Fur Company. That would eventually make him. America's first millionaire. Wasn't it one of his ancestors that was on the Titanic? I think the Astors were on the Titanic. Oh, that, that would have been. been probably his grandson or son, I think. Anyway, 1860. Okay, the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, the Mormons, mm-hmm. renamed the Community of Christ. They got organized by Joseph Smith in what is, uh, well, the it's third. Amboy, Illinois. 
And then they got ran out of there, and eventually they ended up out in Salt Lake City, I think. So. Oh, wow. On this day in 1862, American Civil War, the Battle of Shiloh begins mm. in Tennessee. Celluloid was patented on this day in 1869. On this day in 1896, in Athens, the opening of the first modern Olympic Games is celebrated 1,500 years after the original games are banded by Roman Emperor Theodosius I. Banded. Band or whatever. By the way, when celluloid was patented, that's celluloid, not cellulite. Just want to make sure you got the difference there. Because cellulite, I did. Cellulite's never been patented. No. Nor wanted. Somebody can have mine, though. <laughs> 19, <laughs> 1909, Commander Robert Perry and Matthew Henson reached the North Pole. They went, man, it's cold up here. What did we come here for? <laughs> On this day, April 6th, 1917, the U.S. declared war on Germany and entered World War One. And now you know where you have been. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for the history here as we uh, move forward into our day. We welcome you to Magnificat Radio. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back here. We're going to do a couple of announcements, get back with our friend John Veneri from Catholic Family News. John's going to talk a little bit about and Morris Letizia. They say it's going to be revolutionary on Friday. Oh, boy. Yes. Let's see what John says about all that. And it'll all happen right here on your morning tradition. Mike and Lisa Austin with you at Magnificat Radio at MagnificatMedia.com, where we are... Living our faith. Magnificat Media, Magnificat Radio here at MagnificatMedia.com. Welcome back to your morning tradition. Mike and Lisa Austin here, where we are... Living our faith. traditional Catholic faith. Please welcome back to your morning tradition a good friend. We haven't talked to him since he... Since he went to Quito, ladies and gentlemen, from Catholic Family News is John Veneri. John, it's good to have you back on. Well, it's good to be here again. Man, you've been uh, busy as always, of course, but uh, it's a good trip to Quito. I mean, we were watching your progress there and everything that was going on. Holy cow, that must have been very edifying. Uh, it's it's the, the most unique place I ever visited because you've got such a a history of the miraculous and you almost have a sense of a contact point between heaven and earth there. Oh, and I'm not, you know, the charismatic type. I'm not moved by emotion. Um, but there is almost, it's a place where the supernatural is almost tangible. Wow. And wow. Because of the prophecy, because of the unique history, because the convent is in a town square that has not changed. And uh, it's one of the old, the best preserved, uh, town squares that's been there for in Quito that's been there for two you know for hundreds of years yeah. and um but the the whole story of Mother Mariana, Our Lady of Good Success, the way that Our Lady of Good Success predicted the colossal crisis of faith in our time, the fact that Mother Mariana herself, uh, the recipients of these visions, a remarkable miraculous life, mm-hmm. uh, her body is there incorrupt. i was I actually got in. Uh, to see her body and touch, and uh, the Mother Superior touched by rosaries oh. to her, and um, and the fact that she was, you know, a victim soul for the 20th century. Amazing. Our Lord and Our Lady told her that the great sins of the 20th century, she said, I shall punish heresy, blasphemy, and now I can't remember the third. I think apostasy. But her- oh, no, heresy, uh, blasphemy, and impurity. Ah, well, there's been plenty. And, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the 20th century, and 
that she was a victim soul for our time. So she suffered for you and me personally. Oh. So it, uh, there's no place uh, like keto, and um, you know, I'd have, I'm, I'm going to do about you know a whole series. I'm doing presently a whole series on it in Catholic Family News. And these are things that won't be posted on the web yet, but they're in the print edition because I still believe in print editions. Yeah, yes. And, yes. Uh, we're happy for that. And, we we we've got that. You know what's nice about that is when we get it here at the house, we circulate it around the kids. We ha- we pass it around. Everybody can read about the faith. They can read the news. It's nice to have something in your hand, right? They actually well, can't. I think it's something you should hold. And of course, um, you know, uh, your 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 uh, your uh, listeners might be scandalized that I actually watched uh, a documentary about Prague Rock, <laughs> which is uh, which is the Prague, you know, the the the, the artists of the seventies, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, yeah. Rick Wakeman, yes. Uh, all those people, and I was a big Yes uh, fan when I was young, because I, I, I played music. Yeah, but it was interesting. Uh, at one point in that interview, uh, Rick Wakeman, the keyboard player from Yes, he 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 lamented the fact that you don't buy albums anymore, and you don't even buy CDs anymore. It's not something you hold in your hand. Right. And he and I and I agree with him. We lost something when we lost that. When you just have the music coming in, uh, you know, beaming in from a satellite, right. Right. Uh, you just have your information beamed in from a satellite. But I think there is something to uh, holding it in your hands and sticking with it rather than flitting to another page after you've read two paragraphs. Yes, exactly. And I think it's it's the but same. We can do a whole show on this. I have. A... <laughs> <laughs> we should plan have, to do that. We should plan to do that because I think it ties in with writing mm-hmm. and everything. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but listen... yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too far afield here, but I just saw a report that said that students who actually take notes with a pad and paper do much better than those who take notes with their computer. Oh, yeah. Because oh, you're right. activating different parts of your brain yeah. and, and all of that. So, the yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about with well, this. Let's do that in another show, but I wanted to get to uh, Friday because it's going to be such a uh, potentially a bombshell day we're looking at on Friday with uh, Amoris Letizia uh, being released. And uh, I'm sure that you would be our guy to go to for that. Are we looking at, I mean, they're talking uh, revolutionary thoughts here. Are we looking at something really, I mean, as far as... Well, what I think is interesting, of course, this is the apostolic exhortation coming from Pope Francis that pretty much collates and synthesizes two years of work at the synods, 2014, 2015, which were... You know, tumultuous, scandalous gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the time, uh, what we got is prelates uh, talking about how they could get around the faith or how they could take a new approach, a new pastoral approach that is certainly different from anything that will be permitted by Pius X, Pius XI, or Pius XII. And um, so there was this whole sense of movement and revolution. The thing that really kicked it off, of course, was in February 2014, Cardinal Casper at the consistory of cardinals. Now, I was in Rome at the time, mm-hmm. but of course, the, the meeting of the cardinals, that's not something they let, they let people in for. I was, I was there uh, for the ceremony where the new cardinals were, were elevated. Uh, but Cardinal Casper talked about uh, finding a way for divorced and remarried Catholics to gain access to the Eucharist while they remained in their uh, their adulterous situation yeah. without any firm purpose of amendment. 
and maybe they would go through some sort of uh, period of penance, purification. I don't know what that would be. Uh, maybe you know they, they 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 go without watching Netflix for two months. I don't know how they, <laughs> what they call a period of penance. But um, and then they would magically somehow be re- uh, allowed to receive the Eucharist while remaining, uh, while you know the, the 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 old saying is still true: living in sin. Yes, that wasn't bad enough. The next day, as uh, as you know, but some of your listeners might not know, Francis stood up and publicly singled out Cardinal Casper for praise. Right, he said it was deep, serene theology. This is what I call doing theology on your knees. I I read the document last night. I was moved. Thank you. Thank you. Cardinals were horrified. Many cardinals were horrified. So Pope Francis, from the beginning of this discussion, came out in favor of this new proposal. Uh, in August 2015, I think. No, not August. In April 2015, uh, Pope Francis, just calling himself uh, Father Bergoglio, uh, got a letter from a you know a young uh, woman, Catholic woman who was married to a divorced man, and complaining that she couldn't go to the Eucharist. And Father Bergoglio, as he calls himself in such cases, called her and told her to follow her conscience. Oh yeah. my God! And told yep. her that yes, you know. Now the Vatican was very interesting about that because they neither confirmed nor denied that the conversation took place, and they said something along the lines of, well, church policy is not decided by phone calls. Okay, which means this happened. Okay, this happened. Right, um, right. Then, then uh, Chiesa, who's the right, Sandro Magister, he wrote that report uh, that shows, and also I have another uh, source for this in, um, in, uh, in a biography of Francis, uh, that um, when Francis was... Archbishop of Buenos Aires, and he would send his priests into the slums and, and into the poor people. Um, he would instruct them to just to give communion to everybody, oh. whether they're divorced or remarried, whether they're cohabitating. So this is a man who really has a skewed and un-Catholic view of a reception of the Eucharist. Now, in uh, 2014, Synod, we don't need to review that. That was really bad. Right. 2015, there was some pushback from various cardinals and bishops who were there. And at the end, uh, Francis gave a speech uh, where he expressed real anger at, at, at kind of the hard-headedness of prelates who, who would not be open to the breath of the Spirit and that type of thing. Mm. So what we're going to see now, of course, you know, uh, I was in Rome for yes. that. Yep. Uh, Chris Ferrara was in Rome. We were doing videos every day. Yep. Followed um, those. Followed it was, those. It was. It was. Um, it was uh, quite an event. In fact, Chris and I were just talking about what a what an event that was uh, a couple of days ago. It but, certainly um, was. But anyway, uh, when I was there, you know, going to the Vatican press office. I, I went for the final two weeks. I didn't go there for the first week, because I figured the first week was where the, the least amount is happening. So I was there for the second two weeks, and even then, I didn't go so much to the press conferences, because I figured they're holding their big guns to the final week. That's exactly what happened. There was Everything gave the appearance of a coordinated effort to send out, as representatives of the Synod, 
at the Vatican press office in Francis's Vatican, prelates who were the most liberal, the most progressive, the most in line with uh, the structure and the thinking of the Casper proposal. You had Archbishop Mark Collaridge from Australia uh, saying, you know, that we, uh, and you're going to hear this a lot, we have to start with the concrete realities of the people. We have to meet people where they are. Um, he talked about the fact that uh, he wouldn't, he, he didn't think the term adultery should be used because it's too broad and sweeping, and adultery is not so black and white. Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. He's sliding into situation ethics. The whole synod is sliding into situation ethics where there is no real, solid, immutable, objective standard of right and wrong. In certain circumstances, you will, it will depend on um, uh, the right and wrongness of an act will depend upon the situation. Now, there is, in classical moral theology, there are three determinants of morality, the object of the act, the end of the act, that is the end of the agent, and the circumstances. And yet, in certain things, like, for example, someone who is starving and, go, and, 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 and steals a loaf of bread from a store, okay, he's still stealing, but the circumstances change, and that will either increase or decrease the, the culpability oh, okay. of the Correct. act. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So we all know that. But there are certain things that are intrinsically evil, an intrinsically disordered act, where there are no set of circumstances where the act can be, can, can right. be enacted, such as someone in a mortal sin receiving the Eucharist such as torturing babies for fun, yeah. such as oh. homosexual acts, same-sex marriage, such as contraceptive yeah. acts. Yeah. Pardon? Same-sex marriage, which... which... Yeah, say, yeah, all of that. These are intrinsically disordered acts, and there is no set of circumstances that can allow them. Now, very interestingly, when, um, uh, when uh, Coleridge was asked, when Coleridge... Well, Coleridge said... Basically, we need a new language. We need a more compassionate, inclusive, loving language. And someone from uh, one of the journalists said, "Well, uh, what do you mean specifically? Are there any uh, is there any terminology that you would either change or get rid of?" And he said, "Yes, I would do away with the term intrinsically disordered act." Oh, that's that's right. A- oh. right there. Right there, he's saying that he is a disciple of consequentialism and situation ethics. He also said, I would do away with the term indissolubility, because it's a little, it's a little, it's a little too harsh, a little, a little, you know, he basically said, in a lot of these areas, it's not so black and white. Um, You had Archbishop, uh, is it either Gracias or Garcias, uh, saying at this uh, at this press conference, the, th- the theology is, is is moving, and the old line, well, the doctrine stays the same, but the way we express it will change. You had Cardinal Marx of of, of Germany uh, calling for uh, maybe a new pastoral means, new pastoral practice that will deal with divorce and remarry Catholics on a case by case basis. Um, yeah, through an abuse of what's called the the the, uh, the internal forum. 
John. Uh, so this is all the types of things that were going on at the Synod, blasted to the public by means of the Vatican press office, and carried by the press, of course, via Internet, throughout the world immediately. Right. Right. So, okay, John... so, they're setting, so they're setting the groundwork. Those men who were on, or, or, who, who the last five days, who were, uh, who were part of, uh, of, 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 of telling uh, the, the press and telling the world what the Synod was doing, none of the conservatives' cardinals were there. The most conservative was Cardinal Napier, and even he was a bit of a disappointment. But, but uh, overall, he was better than most. Well, hang on, hang on, right there, John. Let me just uh, just let you hang there for a second because we got to take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, we're on with John Venneri from Catholic Family News. We're talking about this Friday's release of Amoris Laetitia, Love in the Family, the revolution that they're telling us is going to be revolutionary. We'll see. We will see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stephen Cox is coming along with the news of the day here in just a minute. And follow us on Friday. I mean, we'll have uh, things for you on on this development. John Venneri back with us here in just a minute on Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com, where we are... Living our faith. 